Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two ladies on an adventure. Listen along every 10 days or so as we cook a dish we like. Quest about cannabis education. Or chat with someone we respect. You can find more information about this episode at highgluttony.com. Thanks for joining us, Gluttoneers. Off we go. Let's get to it. How are you feeling today, Gretchen? I was was actually doing pretty well. Pretty excited about our alcohol infusion episode that we're about to do. Although we did have some kitty cat excitement here today and that I had to do some extra cleaning because somebody exploded all over (laughs) the place here. Basically what happened. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So yeah, I'm not going to get any more into that. We, we don't <laughs> want to hear about that really. It's gross. <laughs> Unexpected animal issues. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. It's a beautiful day. Just uh, avoiding bottle rock uh, by mm. staying at home as much as possible this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Bottle rock on, I guess. Go for it. <laughs> How are you today, Becca? Eek. I'm good. I've been mad this week. I've been tired this week. I am just overwhelmed by all the things going on, as I know a lot of people are. So just trying to like figure out how to balance all that and just pretend everything's fine and just keep going to work every day. <laughs> like, okay, keep going. So I'm super excited too to make this and check out a little bit. I'm actually looking forward to peeling the lemons and just chatting with you. So <laughs> it's going to be fun an easy day since we are making our main product today is lemoncello since I am almost a lemoncello pro at this point over the course of the last year I've made it quite it's been requested by my employers uh, as a something I can do for them and uh, and I have been infusing things in alcohol for a while I think it sort of started with damson gin which is a small type of plum that you infuse into gin and is something you find commonly in the UK. Now I've expanded it to pretty much anything I want. I've definitely done basil vodka infusions before, uh, pear brandy infusions. In the last couple of years, it's been more cannabis and alcohol infusions. But uh, I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself because we need to get ourselves into that relaxed mind space. So what are you, uh, what are you smoking today, Becca? Well, I'm using some pens again. I've discovered I opened a new one. So I kept the package or at least the front. Yay. Yay. And it's a hybrid called Blue Dream. And it's oh. nice. Yeah. Dream. It's a little dreamy. Yeah. So I'm enjoying that. What about you? I am having uh, the last of my rum cake joint from yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening. I was smoking while editing pumpkin upside down cake. So I have a little, little nub left that seems appropriate for what we're doing here today. Just the right amount of weed to make me relaxed, but hopefully still functional. Yeah. We never know with the joint. So here we go. Knock on, knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, and we are having Porto Tonicos, which you, you surprised me by suggesting. Wasn't aware you had white port on hand. We've been buying it more and more. And I actually had a bottle that I needed to use up. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like that's delicious. 
And even though it's not infused, it feels perfect. And I think working with the lemons is going to be fun while we drink it. Yes, it will. It will be really nice. How is your vape? (laughs) Good. Sometimes the pens are a little hard on me though. I feel like like it's, it's just a bit more intense than smoking flour. I think just because it is concentrated, like it's a bit more intense. Don't usually need as much. Yeah. I have to be careful not to take like too deep of a hit. I'm like, it's okay, so easy. It slow. I'm like, you got to take it slow, Rebecca. My God. Small hits, small hits. And I was like, small hits. I know. I'm like, like I'm like, <laughs> like, I got, I, I will die if I don't inhale all the smoke right now. I know. Quick, quick. Get it in my bloodstream. My endocannabinoid system. Excuse me. Well, all right. Speaking of things taking their time, weren't we talking? We were talking about that, right? I don't know. So you're, you've been making limoncello for a long time. A year. About a year. A year. Okay. You've been, you've made a lot of limoncello and I'm wondering if you know what the history is of this drink. Cause I've had it often in North beach or in Italy occasionally when I was there for a little bit. And I'm just curious, like it feels like a really traditional thing, but what, what do you know about its history? So I didn't really know anything about it. I learned about it in culinary school because, I mean, we learned about all that sort of stuff. So like a lot, yeah. you, you get a really good primer on really you, all these little things. But as far as like a real history, there doesn't seem to be one. It seems to be so general and so found throughout Italy that it's really hard to say where it originated, who made it first, one article I read said that monks were the first ones to make it. And in the same article, they also noted that there are actually three other main stories about where limoncello came from, all relating to specific families. One that's that was in, I know one was like, oh no, now I've completely forgotten because I was going to say Sardinia, but I don't, that's not right. Capri. Capri claims that it was made there for the first time. The Amalfi Coast also lays claim to coming up with the idea of limoncello. And Naples, I believe, was the other one. And then there are like specific families in each of those places that are like, no, we are the first family that came up with it. I've seen histories going back centuries and also history that only goes back to 1900. So it's, I I don't know, like, it's probably just one of those things that like more than somebody you see some lemons you figure and you see some alcohol and you put them together like I think it's just not that hard <laughs> to come up with. so like you said it is not that hard we would say probably it's a world level one yes for sure yes, for sure for it's sure. world level one and just requires a little bit of patience we're trying to decide if this is a pantry power-up or a full episode we thought it's probably a pantry power-up because it literally sits in your pantry for a while. Can you talk us through though, Gretchen? We've kind of hinted a little bit about like what is going on with this. We're basically going to be using lemons, vodka, sugar, and water, right? Correct. And then what are our steps going to be? First thing, which we've already done this, uh, wash your lemons They do recommend getting organic because what we're going to be using is just the very outer layer of the pith, because that is basically the layer of the lemon that'll soak up anything 
or going with an organic lemon is better than something that is non-organic because you're more likely to encounter any contamination in the, the only part of the lemon you want for this. <laughs> so, right. You want it to be as clean as possible before you start. Exactly. So clean, clean, clean. So we, we washed them and dried them. The drying them is less important because there is actually water in our alcohol that we're going to be infusing into. I, I'm not really sure why the drying is so important. I guess maybe it just gives you a chance to like ripe off the, uh, anything on the outside, maybe. Mm, I was thinking it's easier to peel it if it's dry. That's probably more likely. Yes. <laughs> multiple, multiple benefits. Then. Multiple benefits. It does have multiple benefits. We, we discover things along the way here. This is what we <laughs> do. Time. It's just a walk into things. We're getting the, that, just that top layer of zest off of our lemons, put it into a jar. I do recommend a jar. You can use a bottle, but you're probably going to just need to plan on throwing the bottle away if you use a bottle because you will in all likelihood not be able to get your peels back out of it. Wait. I'm looking at my bottle. Ooh, I think you're right. Uh-oh. That might not I mean, be too bad. My peels are coming out like this. I tested it. Okay. So oh, they're so kind of flaky. Small and flaky. Yeah. Maybe it won't be too much of an issue. Well, I guess we'll find out. Because you, you, you could also go about this a totally different way. Should I just confuse everyone right off the bat? Just to start with confusing things? Sure. And you could do like a speedy limoncello where you zest your lemons, shake them together with your vodka for maybe and let it sit for a day. Whereas the recipe we're using recommends at least four days to however long you want. And peeling, not zesting. Right? And peeling, not zesting. But yeah, if you, the, if you want it faster, you want to, you, you can zest, like fully zest it, like grate your zest up and that would get it through faster and also make it easier to come out of the bottle. But you probably wouldn't let it sit as long just in case you have a limit to how much lemon flavor you like, where <laughs> that's pretty much, you want to get the good flavors. You just don't want any gross flavors coming out. So the longer it sits, the more likely it is that you might get some something kind of funky that let me get this right so far. We've got a bunch of lemons, 10. I don't know if we said that, 10 lemons and 750 milliliters of vodka. And then we will peel these lemons. You have a soft peeler? I do have a soft peeler. So this is a peeler that has a, it's a serrated edge. So it's good for things like tomatoes or peaches. <laughs> Pretty much I bought it because I, I'm a fan of peaches, but I hate the outside. So and I don't have a soft peeler. I have a hard peeler. So we'll, we'll get through this together with our yes. separate peels. We, we could also take, if, if your peeler is going too hard, we can take a page out from, from Giada De Laurentiis and her recipe who takes the extra step to go through and remove any white part off of the zest. So that is an option. If you're finding that your peeler is leaving a lot of zest on, you can remove it. It might be a bit more of a specialty move just because of getting the technique might be a little bit challenging for some people. But if you've ever filleted a fish, like taking the skin off, same principle. <laughs> okay. We will peel all of our lemons. And then what are we going to do? You're going to put them in the jar with our vodka and that's it. And, and they sit for, like you said, up to four months. Well, I have had mine for like four or so months. I, I really have no idea. Like, I don't remember when I started them. The fact that I'm starting to put dates on things is a really good idea. I gotta say <laughs> labeling shit 
is a really good idea, people. This is a hot, hot tip. Hot tip for all you people out there. Late breaking news. Well, at least four days. And then up to how long would you say is the longest time you should let it sit together? The, the recipes recommend a month. And since most of them do, I'd say that's a pretty well proven fact that either it's like after a month, you have essentially removed all of those aromatic compounds out of the zest. And so there's just no point in keeping the zest in there because it's not doing anything. But then you can also look at it from the other direction of it's not hurting anything either. Depends Got on it. your level of la- laziness. <laughs> Whenever you remember to go back to get it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's moldy for s- somehow, like, I don't know how that would happen. Then I might say maybe, maybe get them out of there, but you're soaking them in alcohol. Like it should be good for a long ass while. So perfect. So we let it sit for to be determined amount of time. And then what do we do after that? You add a simple syrup, uh, 50-50 water and sugar to your taste. Do you do anything before you add the syrup? Yeah. Strain the peels out. Yes. I spent so long talking about how long to leave the peels in. I didn't really pursue them. (laughs) Get them out of there. Strain the peels out. Strain the peels out. I use cheesecloth. So I end up with a pretty clear liquor, beautiful yellow liquor. I tend to go a little bit lower of lower amounts of sugar since the more sugar you add the easier it is to drink and like I don't know there's I think this may be proven but not 100% sure that when you have something that has a lot of sugar in it it carries the blood into your or sorry <laughs> carries the alcohol into your bloodstream a lot faster I don't know if that's okay. 100% true so they, you always go a little let, less on the sugar though yeah either way <laughs> either way <laughs> yeah <laughs> You get bonus points if you can find grappa, which you can find grappa here in the U.S. That would have been the neutral spirit of choice to make limoncello in Italy because grappa comes from grapes and they grow a lot of grapes. (laughs) Vodka is a lot easier to get. It's neutral. Then you're done. You can give it away, drink it, do what you see fit. Awesome. We won't finish that second part together because I'll put mine in the cabinet and let it sit for a while. Gretchen will also put this batch we're making together in the cabinet. But like she said, she's already completed one up to the simple syrup, the simple sugar stage. So she'll just finish that out for us. So we, so you don't have to wait around for us to figure out how this one tastes because we know sometimes we don't catch up to the recording. So we're going to just have a real live sample of Gretchen finishing it out like a cooking show. Yes. And like any good cooking show, we have our resident cat who is very proud that she has her soccer ball. All right. Good kitty. You need your treat. Okay. So this is Kenzie. Yes. One of Gretchen's three cats. The, the loudest of the three cats. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I know. We heard you. Jesus. Everyone heard you. <laughs> okay, we're peeling. Let's we're peel. peel. My lemons are not very pretty. I mean, they don't need to be, but it is nice <laughs> when they are. Mine are a really pretty color. It is a little hard to get just this top layer off with the peeler I have, but it works. I went to look for a soft peeler to send you. 
I'll have to see if this brand is still making one because I bu- I guess I bought this a while ago because I bought this when I used to work at the when I was working at the wine store before I moved to California. They had this mm-hmm. little like cookware store upstairs. There they sold stuff and this was one of the things that they sold. And I was like, this is amazing. I had never heard of a soft peeler before. Aside from the fact that I keep asking you about it and then not sending you any. (laughs) What happens if you get a little peel? A little bit of the white? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the pit. It's fine. Okay. It's really just up to you as far as how much bitterness you can stand. Mm -hmm. Because that white part is the bitter part of the, the whole thing. The whole thing. It's like when we made the tomb and took the little center part out of the garlic to make it less Uh bitter, which I think is essential. I don't know if I've told you I made another batch where I didn't do that and it was not, it was not as good. So really? Okay. Good to know. It's an important step. Okay. So it's kind of like that. You just gotta, you can leave it in. It's just not going to taste as good as it could. Correct. Okay. But I'm making a slightly smaller batch of, uh, of limoncello than you, uh, just because okay. I wanted to also make fig, my my figgy pudding vodka and my pear cinnamon vodka and my cannabis vodka. So I'm ca- distributing my vodka to a few different experiments today. And since I also have a, a whole other bottle of limoncello here, I figure I don't really need to make a whole batch of limoncello. <laughs> <laughs> You're swimming in it. A little bit. Yeah. Especially <laughs> since I discovered that there are still two bottles of it at work. So oh, like, God. we are, we are lemon celloed. <laughs> but so you're doing, you're playing with some fun flavors today. I came across an article yesterday that gave me a couple of suggestions on the, like, well, they did, they did apple cinnamon, but they also did apple pear cinnamon. I was like, I don't necessarily need the apple in there. Let's just try it with pear. And Sarah had brought some figs back from her boy, boyfriend's place. And I don't love figs. It's the seeds. I have a problem with the little, like, mm-hmm. the texture of the seeds. I like them. I like it when there's no seeds in, the, <laughs> yeah. seeds in there. But I'm also so topped up on cooking projects. I was like, what would I even do with them? I'd have to cook that with them. And I don't have time for that. And so I just was like, okay, I'll make, I'll do a flavored vodka with them. And I believe that was also on the list yesterday. So and then I decided to add some ginger, clove, cinnamon, allspice to it and make a, a like a kind of a figgy pudding flavored vodka. See how that works out. Yum. While we're doing this, can you talk to me about infusions and how this is going to work and maybe a little bit about like a cannabis infusion too the infusing things with vodka it works in a couple different ways some of it is just actually adding like parts of the fruit into like the like vodka but most of these what what i'm doing you're doing is just removing the aromatic parts of the the fruit that's really the only parts you're looking for is the aromatic parts of the fruit and those esters are more alcohol soluble than water soluble and that sort of thing. I'm sorry, the esters? Well, that's the aromatic parts of the, of- the, the chemicals. The aromatic, I okay. believe, are called esters. Okay. An ester is a chemical compound derived from an acid, organic or inorganic, but it needs at least one hydroxyl group is replaced by a, oh boy. Anyway, what are esters used for? 
flavorings and perfumes. Okay, right. Okay, good. I was just like, wait, I'm sorry. So what, so the esters are the, the part, the part of the fruit and stuff that make them smell good. Got it. And a lot of that's in the outer peel. The parts of the fruit that smell good and make them taste good are soluble in alcohol. Oh, okay. I see. It's like all over. Got it. What do you want to start with when you're making an infuse, like an infusion, whether it's just alcohol and a fruit or if it's alcohol and cannabis, like what will you always need for an infusion? Alcohol and something to soak in it and something to put it in. Pretty much you can soak anything in alcohol and flavor as I said, I've done basil. I've done every kind of citrus fruit that I've ever touched. I made like a peach cello where I just used the skins from jam processing and put them into a vodka last year. I'm doing the same thing again this year, except I'm just using whole peaches because I had so many that I didn't know what to do with them. So I was just like, I'm just going to put them in vodka and deal with it later. <laughs> So an abundance of fruit or anything is always a good thing to have for making such flavored things. I, I mean, on the list yesterday, I think I did, sorry the, the list of flavored vodka, like different flavored vodkas you could make. Oh, right, right. Thank you. They had garlic. They had ginger. They had, there's one that I'm, it's like, oh, I really like that idea. I mean, probably was like onion. I've heard of horseradish infused vodka before. Yum anything. You can pretty much like soak anything in vodka and make the vodka smell like that thing or the alcohol smell like that thing. I sort of want to put, do a shortcut on those salty gin and tonics and like throw the actual preserved lemons into some gin. That way you could get a double infusion. I was thinking about that last last night because I was kind of looking into if I should make a, a different sort of infusion other than vodka today, but I decided against it. And you can use like any alcohol. Yeah. So there, there's a recipe for something that I'm dying to try, but they, they use mezcal in there. Um, You do want to make sure that the flavors kind of meld together though. So, I mean, right. Rum might be a little interesting. Rum would be a bit harder to deal with just because it's the way it's spiced and, and things like that. But if it's a neutral rum, then all bets are off. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm going to add my, my alcohol. To your jar? Are you yep. done peeling? Oh, I am. I, had, I only oh. have six, six lemons. So I did some decarboxylate, some cannabis earlier today. This jar says, <laughs> this pineapple haze, I'm going to believe it. So I have no reason to doubt it. It has no other markings on it. So I'm guessing that's right. This is a pineapple haze infusion and put it in a jar. Now I am adding my vodka to that jar. Oh, perfect. Aha, uh-huh. I did a great job of splitting this bottle evenly four ways. Clipping my top on. Of course, I went and bought more glass top jars today. <laughs> of course, never enough glass jars. So what do I need to know about a cannabis infusion? We've talked about cannabis infusions before, like fairly in depth with tinctures, I believe. But since the THC, Molecules are hydrophobic. That's the word I came across this week. I was like, ooh, that's a good word. They don't, <laughs> they don't like the water. They'll only dilute in either fat or alcohol. I was reading last night, fat technically is the superior vehicle just because it 
most easily is uptaken into lipid structures and our body processes those a lot more efficiently than they do alcohol. So for, if you're looking to make sure you're getting the most bioavailability for your buck, eating it with a fat is the way to go. That being said, alcohol works too. (laughs) And you, you know, have to follow pretty much it's the same thing, just a little bit slower infusion. I have done use the magical butter machine to do alcohol infusions. I guess though, because of the way it mixes it together and whips it in, you get kind of a brown, gross looking liquor. So not sure I really like that one. I, I found a long, slow steep is a much better way to go because it does turn brown still but it's clear. So it's not as like, doesn't look like you're drinking mud, you know, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> looks, looks like bourbon or rum. So much more appealing. Yeah. Much easier to swallow. Oh, I do like to let the, like it, after I'm done infusing it, I like to let it sit in jar and let some of that particulate matter settle out. And then you can like just decant it off of that. If you want, depending on how picky you are about how pretty your liquor needs to be, but so you can get a pretty clear product just by taking a little more time to let the product sit, but not essential. So I'm sorry, you said you have to decarb the cannabis first and then you can infuse it. Or can you talk me through that overview again of how it's different from a fruit when you're doing an infusion? You can infuse cannabis without decarboxylating it. And I'll, I'll tell you about something cool I came across in my, in that I want to talk about, cause I'm definitely going to do it cause it sounds fucking cool. So you can add dried cannabis to alcohol and infuse it that way, but you won't get any of the psychoactive components. The, it'll be the THCA that will be in there, not the convert. It wouldn't be converted to the psychoactive formula. So you can use fresh flour. Mm-hmm. And then if you decarboxylate it, which reminder is heating it up, basically, mm-hmm. if you do that, then when you infuse it, you will get the, your endocannabinoid system will respond the way it would if you were smoking it or. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Otherwise, you, you know, it'll, it'll respond to what's in the cannabis. It'll just be in the non-psychoactive form. Sure. That makes sense. And then does it follow the same process of waiting for a couple days to a couple months? I don't fully know the answer to that. So I think it can extract the THC fairly quickly within about a day. I just like to err on the side of caution and I guess leave it longer. But I think most infusions that I've seen, you know, says maybe up to a month. It, it really depends on the person. It seems like I don't, I don't have a hundred percent right answer for that, unfortunately. Okay. And then do you restrain this and add simple syrup too, or what happens after you've let it sit for however long you want? So you could do a couple different things. You can add additional, an additional like half of the original alcohol that you're using so that you can get more of that alcohol flavor and a slightly lower THC dose. So there, like, there are th- different things you can do here. For the most part, if I'm just making, like, I want to add cannabis to my gin, I'm not adding any sort of additive to it. It's just cannabis infused gin. Goes straight into the tonic. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to add my lemons, my peels, and then you pour the vodka in on top of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Give it a little shake. Take, this might take me a minute. Do you want to do your simple syrup while I'm doing this? Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. So I got a, a cup of cup of water, cup of granulated caramel, mm. heating that on low on my stove or now well, not low, low, medium, low, pretty much. You want to bring, bring it. it <laughs> I was going to say, cause you want to bring it to a boil, right? <laughs> Correct. That is exactly what I was also going to say. <laughs> Come here, funnel. You will be very important as a part of this, adding the sugar water to the uh, alcohol. How, how's it coming with the peels over there? Slow and steady. I see why you recommended a jar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> How's your sugar water coming along? Your caramel sugar water? It, it, very cool. I just left. I didn't mix it together. You just left the sugar like in the middle? So, yeah, the whole, the whole bottom was just sugar. <laughs> you can just see like. It's melting at the bottom. Fun. I finally finished adding my peels. I'm going to pour in my vodka. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) My water is boiled. Oh, so I'm adding my sugar water a little bit at a time. This bottle has milliliter marks on the side. Not sure how accurate they are. I've not tested it. So I've added, I had 700 milliliters of limoncello in here. And then I added 100 milliliters of sugar water. Okay. Now I'm going to taste it. Ooh, really strong. All right. More, more <laughs> sugar. <laughs> like, like can't even smell the sugar in there yet. So shaky, shaky, shaky. Of course, knowing my luck, one of these times the lid will just throw off and I'll just be like covered in lemon jello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Still strong? <laughs> strong. But I don't think I want to dilute it too much more. Yeah. I think I'm going to leave it there. Okay. Yeah. Then I can put this in my freezer. Is it supposed to be cold? Frozen is fine. Or freezer is fine. Fridge is fine too. Fridge is fine too. Um, Yeah, you just, it's usually drink cold. So So that is alcohol infusions. Do you want to sip on your limoncello while I tell you some quick Googles about lemons? Sure. Tell me about lemons. Everyone knows citrus is pretty good for you for a lot of reasons. These little guys, though, are powerhouses, and I learned a lot through quick, fast research. (laughs) So (laughs) top of the list, they can support heart health because they provide a lot of vitamin C, and vitamin C helps reduce your risk of heart disease and stroke. And one lemon can provide about 51% of what you need for your daily intake of vitamin C. No shit. I I don't, I don't know how I didn't know that. It's super cool. So you just need to have like a glass of a lemon water like every day. And I think the pulp is really important. So I can't, I think you can't only juice it. I think you have to include some pulp in there, but if you're just throwing that in your water, you know, you're getting a lot more than you Mm -hmm. would if you just juiced it, but it's pretty amazing because they're pretty small. They're just like packed full of vitamin C. So this will be healthy lemon gel. <laughs> Just this the is healthy. <laughs> this is our new argument for all things that you eat. It's not truly exactly. bad for you. Yeah, It is good for you in some ways. <laughs> some of the other ways that lemons are cool is that they can help with kidney stone prevention and they can help with digestive health 
because of the pectin in the pulp. Ah, so this is why the pulp is important. And that made me curious about pectin in general. Does it help with digestion? I would assume. Yeah. We're kind of like Metamucil or... (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And then lemon contains some iron itself, but it's really helpful in preventing anemia because it helps Mm. with your absorption of iron from other plants. Oh, I know. That's extremely helpful. Yeah. Exciting. Thank you. I mean, I know you're not done. (laughs) I know, but I know lemons are so cool. They can help reduce cancer risk. And some researchers think that some plant compounds in lemons, including lemonine. Hello, terpenes. Terpenes. (laughs) Including terpenes like lemonine and something called naringenine. Have you heard of that before? Must be a citrus thing. So those two things are supposed to help have anti-cancer effects, but that needs a little more research as it, as I am sure with anything with terpenes, we don't know a lot still. Yeah. And then this was interesting. I had to have this one broken down for me a little bit by James. So lemons are the only food in the world that have a negative ion charge. So Mm -hmm. all other foods have a positive charge. And this makes it really helpful with digestion because it parallels the effect of your body's digestive fluids. Okay. And it helps support your liver and your gallbladder because of that. All right. I know. And then this last one, I wanted to ask you if you'd heard this before that you're supposed to use non-reactive cookware. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because otherwise it can like discolor your pan or your food. What do you, so can you tell me more about that? It, it has to do with the, the acid reacting with things like iron, copper, aluminum. It will attack those, like it attacks the chemical structure. And as a result, then we'll break it down. You have to be careful about what you put acidic foods in, in general. I don't know that lemon's necessarily any worse than any other acidic food. But for the most part, if it's uncoated, you don't want to be anything using anything high acidity or just straight vinegar or acid in them because it will it will fuck your shit up and will taste like crap. <laughs> I didn't know that. So that's anything that's iron, copper, or aluminum. Yeah, which un- uncoated. Which uncoated. They do okay. they do coat. There is a lot of coated um, cookware out there. But those coatings, again, can wear away over time. So you just have to be careful and make sure that you're paying attention to what's happening. Got it. Well, yeah, that's what I learned about lemons. I'm excited to keep using them and have a new appreciation for these little guys. You say preserved lemons would have been a good time to talk about lemons, but oh, well. Mm. (laughs) Right. We've referenced a couple of other episodes today. So the preserved lemons where we made the salty dog Gretchen was talking about. Mm-hmm. and terpenes we did two terpenes can of quest toasted sugar toasted sugar all the Pum- things are coming together everything oh, comes pump- together yeah, pe- pumpkin and pectin mm-hmm. or and cranberries pectin, yeah 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 oh my gosh oh my gosh we, we mentioned like almost every other episode that's great we've got to keep that <laughs> shit up oh wow. that was totally by chance too that was amazing <laughs> It all comes together in the end. (laughs) 
So I'll keep everyone posted at a later date whenever mine finishes up or whenever both of ours finish up. We'll let everyone mm-hmm. know. And until then, you can find the recipe. Oh, where did our recipe come from today, officially? Oh, this was the kitchen, I think. Okay. That's the, the one I've been, I've been using. Yeah, a lot. They got me with the, the swing top bottle picture. You were like a person after my own heart sold. Mm-hmm. So you can find that recipe and our thoughts at highgluttony.com and check us out on Instagram. And thanks for joining us, gluttoneers. Thank you for joining us. Do you have your coconuts? I don't. I don't. I've got one. I don't know where the other one is right now. <laughs> like, hmm. I need to put them together. What do you do with one coconut? Like, oh, I guess that does work. Knock on it. Yeah. Knock on it. Yeah. Oh, wait, there's the other half. Ah-ha! I guess all I had to do is talk about it. And it, I summoned it from the... And it appeared. <laughs> all right, we both have two coconuts. This is a big deal. It took us about a year. Over a year. Off we go. Okay. <laughs> it totally cancels it out. I know. It mutes one of us.